when I read Extreme Ownership, it was liberating because I realized that yes, all these things that had fallen apart in my life was 100% my fault. And that means that I could 100% fix them. And I believe that. How's it going everyone? Tom here from Dad is Strong with another episode of the Dad Strong Podcast. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome. Really stoked to have you guys with us. And if you've been with us for a while and giving us support, really appreciate that. Please do us a favor, everybody, leave a rating and a review on whatever platform you listen to. And even better, share this podcast with someone else that you think might benefit from it. But on to today's guest. And those of you who are familiar with him will know that we're very fortunate to have JP Donnell on the show. JP is a former U.S. Navy SEAL and now a leadership training instructor and speaker with Echelon Front, where he serves as director of tactical training programs. JP spent nearly a decade in the SEAL teams with three combat deployments, notably in Iraq in 2006 with SEAL Team 3's Task Unit Bruiser, where JP served as point man, machine gun, and lead sniper for Delta Platoon, opposite the American sniper Chris Kyle in Charlie Platoon. JP also worked closely with SEAL officers Jocko Willink and Leif Babin and was the driving force on many of the daring combat operations Jocko and Leif wrote about in the book Extreme Ownership. Upon his return, JP again worked directly for Jocko as a training instructor at Naval Special Warfare Group 1 Training Detachment and as I mentioned, he now serves as Director of Tactical Training Programs, Leadership Instructor, Speaker and Strategic Advisor for Echelon Front. He's married and has three kids, including twin daughters and a son. And uh, we delve into many topics today, specifically getting the best out of your day and what you have to do in order to do that. JP also encourages us to be in touch with how our bodies are functioning and goes into detail about his own struggles with testosterone levels and how much of a game changer it was when he sorted this problem out. He also talks about the importance of doing things that provide us with fulfillment and having a mission in life and a purpose as fathers and as men. JP then tells us about his time in the SEALs and how he entered it at a very young age and how all the training and preparations and working with the other men uh, played a huge role in becoming who he is today. And then he goes into the four laws of combat, applies them brilliantly to parenting. I think you guys are going to get a lot out of the show. I know I got a lot out of the show and just enjoyed speaking to JP and the candid way in which he shares with us. So on to my show with JP. Today was one of those days where between uh, 7.15 a.m. and 5 p.m., I have a total of 60 free minutes. So, <laughs> now, Anyways, man, I appreciate you coming on the show a lot, man. Um, you know I was writing messages to the wrong uh, inbox for a while there and <laughs> not getting oh, any sorry. joy. <laughs> well, it's not you, sorry. I should have written an email long ago. All good, brother. Yeah, so anyways, man, how's it going? How You're in Texas, right? Yes, sir. I'm in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So uh, things are good. It's uh, super hot here, (laughs) but, you know, that's just, that's just part of it. Yeah, it's a heat index uh, is anywhere between uh, 106 to 112. Okay, that's Fahrenheit. It sounds hot. I don't really know. We're centigrade here. But uh, yeah, how does it, how does it work with you guys? Actually quite interesting because I've obviously, I've interviewed uh, Jason Gardner. Okay. So cool. he, and he's obviously, he's on the he's on the west coast, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, he's up in well, up north. Uh, yes, he's up in the up really close to Canada, up yeah, in yeah. Washington. And yeah. then Jocko and the guys are down in California, right, or something like that. Yes. So Jocko is down in San Diego. Uh, Dave Burke is in North County of San Diego. Leif Babin is down in Austin. I'm up in the okay. Dallas Fort Worth area. Mike Sorelli's down in Austin, Steve Ward's down in San Antonio, Cody's up in Sacramento, and Cowie's in Las Vegas. Okay, wow. Yeah, because I was just wondering about that. So you guys all just operating remotely. Is this usually how Echelon Front is run? There's no yes. like, H- it must be an HQ, but you don't all hang out there and work together. Like in- yeah, no, we, we do have a headquarters down in the area, which is close to Leif. Um, but yeah, everyone's very decentralized and spread out, and you can kind of live wherever you live. I mean, you guys have had such an awesome impact, man. It's been it's been a wonderful to talk to um, to Jason. I've got hold of John Bozak because I'd love to get Jocko to talk about the actual the Warrior Kid books. My kids are, especially my son, he's like obsessed with it. He's like begging me, yeah. "When is the next episode coming out?" And I'm like, "Wait, know, they're man. coming soon." Yeah. yeah. So just for your reference, um, 111 Fahrenheit is uh, basically 44 degrees Celsius. 
Okay, that's that's pretty hot, man. That's pretty yeah. freaking hot. <laughs> so you have yeah. aircon in the house? You have aircon in your house as well and or the office? Oh, absolutely. It's a requirement. <laughs> yeah, so you have to have some creature comforts. So anyway, let's get this out of the way. Are you addicted to Jocko Fuel? Um, what's your <laughs> definition of addiction? <laughs> I don't know because I just started watching a movie today that Origin did, and the first thing you do is you say something, and then you open a can, and then you come on the show and you open a can, and then all I'm seeing on yeah. Instagram these days is that sour apple sniper that you're just downing the whole time. Oh, that's yeah. A- well, th- this is a Jocko White tea, um, but you know, yeah, the 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 Jocko fuel, the discipline goes. Um, you know, there's only 95 milligrams of caffeine in it, which is equivalent to a cup of coffee, you know, um, it's, uh, there, it's a clean energy. There's no sugar, there's no preservatives. There's, um, I mean, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a great drink, uh, that's, you know, gives you good clean energy without the crash, which I really like. You know? Okay. Yeah. Cause I was seeing you doing that a bit and obviously advertising and I was wondering if it was like a Red oh. Bull kind of thing or if it's more of a, yeah. a more healthy it, one. It, no. It, so it's in that category, but it is, it, it is healthy. There's, there's not another energy drink out there right now that's doing what Jocko fuel is able to do with its clean source of energy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like I said, no preservatives, no sugar, uh, it's, uh, it's pasteurized. So it, it's pretty awesome, man. Is that the, is that the, what is the difference between, I know, now I'm getting into products. It's a bit of like an adver- advertisement, but I think it's cool for no, dads. We're good. I think dads especially need to find a, find the cure for tiredness. I don't know about you, bro. You've got twins. I'm like, per- it feels like I'm permanently tired basically. Uh, yeah, I feel like that as well. Okay, good. <laughs> Just going, going, going. So how do you, I mean, how do you, apart from uh, Sour, Sour Apple Sniper and these kind of things, what are the other things that you do to kind of, to kind of get past that, that feeling? Because I find it, it's a challenge, obviously, as a dad. I mean, when, you, when you're a dad and then you're running things and, you, and you're getting after it like you and Jocko, obviously, I think he has four kids as well to get after it so much. There must be things that you have to put in place in your life that make sure that you get up every day and that you get after it. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the first, the first thing that's the most important thing is you obviously, you need to have discipline. You need to have discipline with your schedule. You need to have discipline with your day, your health, your workout. And I know that when I'm in my schedule of working out and eating somewhat healthy, I'm not going to act like I eat super healthy all the time. I don't, I, I just don't. Right. Um, but if I keep a somewhat healthy diet and I'm you know, disciplined with my workouts and my routine, I just feel better. And if I'm consuming good products, clean food, I'm not eating a bunch of a bunch of processed Mm -hmm. food. I feel better when I, you know, like I'll have a cup of coffee in the morning when I wake up. It's just what I like. I like coffee. So my wife and I will have coffee together in the morning and then kind of throughout the day, I'll have, one or two Jocko fuels, which I, I like because before I used to drink three to four, sometimes five energy drinks a day just to oh, kind of keep in the game, five. which is horrible. It's horrible for you, right? That is yeah, so yeah. bad for you. Uh, but that's, I, I mean, I was crashing. I was not feeling good as well. The other thing, and I've shared this on a lot of other podcasts that I, I didn't know what was going on with my body is my testosterone levels had completely wow. tanked. And that's the thing that I try to encourage men to go get tested and checked out and educate yourself and do the research and be familiar with your body and know like what's good and what's not good um, is your testosterone levels because our testosterone levels start to drop. Obviously, as we get older, you know, they're, they're rising, rising, then they plateau and then they start to drop. And some men, they, they, they drop like kind of gradually, some drop, steep and it just you know we're all built different we're all designed differently and you know depending on the levels of stress the lack of sleep the you know the the chaos in your life can affect that as well and uh you know that's why a lot of um firefighters a lot of police officers a lot of military guys uh they have issues with their testosterone levels as their life goes on and they get older because of all those things I said, stress, sleep, uh, messed up sleep sc- schedules, adrenaline dumps, like constant adrenaline dumps mm. messes up your, your pituitary gland. It messes up 
your your body's ability to create testosterone and HGH. And uh, so that was one of the things that when I was 30, I actually went and got tested. And I didn't want to get it tested for a while because I, you know, I was like, that's not an issue. Like, there's no way I have an issue with that. <laughs> and the reason why I thought that is because I had, I had a high sex drive. And <laughs> you know, I, I was that like, comment. okay, well, yeah, I was like, well, there, could, there can't be a problem with my testosterone, okay. you know. But what I didn't know is that's just a small portion. Like, there's a lot of other things that is associated with it. And, and my, uh, this guy knew, he was like, Hey, you should go get your, your levels tested. Mm. I was like, uh, you know, but it was a, it was a complete, it was an ego thing. I didn't think I needed it. I didn't think I was like, there's no way I have high testosterone because I, every guy likes to think that like, Oh yeah, I have a bunch of testosterone flowing through my veins. Well, that's not usually the case. And so I went and got it tested and I was dangerously low. Oh wow. Okay. Da like, like unhealthy levels low. So, uh, uh, in, in your, in your thirties, your testosterone levels should be, you want them between six to 900. Um, and you know, below 600 is not good. If you get below 300, like that's really not good. That's really low. Um, you know, if you're in the below six, that's when you can get it prescribed to you. Uh, like you go to a doctor, you get your blood levels tested and they'll actually prescribe you testosterone. And, you know, it just, it helps with your sleep. It helps with your attitude. It helps with your, you know, lean muscle mass, you know, fat loss. It helps with all these things. Um, and you, just your energy levels, your drive, like these are all affected. Well, when I got my, my levels tested, I went to the VA and they were so low that they were like concerned and they tried to call me and I didn't answer. I was in a meeting and they tried to call my wife because again, they're so low, they're concerned. My levels were 81. I mean, and that is, I mean, that's unhealthy low. That's like, there's going to be some problems with your health level low. And so uh, I, you know, I, I got stuff kind of situated and figured out and I got on testosterone replacement therapy okay. and it's just one of those things that I'll have to be on it for the rest of my life because my, wow. my body just doesn't produce testosterone like it used to. Yeah. It just doesn't, you know, I have a good amount of damage, uh, to my, my brain and the pituitary, the pituitary Terry gland, the sac around it, uh, you know, if that experiences damage and, and, you know, from concussions and blasts and explosions and wow. just, you know, all that type of stuff, it, it affects that. And uh, so anyways, that's just one of the things that I've, you know, just kind of have to deal with and be aware of. And so that's one thing I tell men all the time is as we get older, don't be afraid to, to at least get your levels checked. And, you know, maybe somebody doesn't want to be on testosterone replacement therapy. That's fine. You should at least know where your body is at, what's healthy, what's unhealthy, what you can do to combat it. Because, I mean, there's other good supplements out there. Uh, I mean, Origin and Jocka Fuel, they have a really good natural testosterone booster that I was taking for a while that I actually brought to the doctor. And I said, hey, this is what I'm taking. And they're like, that actually has really good ingredients. Like that's a really good product. Like, you know, that's good. And so, you know, guys should just be aware of, of how that can affect, um, you know, just your overall drive and, and wellness and attitude and levels of engagement and just, um, you know, the things that we lack as we get older. And I know when my levels are where they need to be, I'm more engaged as a husband, as a father, mm -hmm. as a member of Echelon Front, my drive is, where it needs to be and you know i just i just think it's important that people get that checked out yeah i know it's interesting because i've got a mate of mine that had the exact same thing and he was wondering why these things are happening in his life and he said it's like a it's like a 180 turnaround like when you actually start doing the t replacement i mean he said it's he said it's also a bit of like a uh trial and error like the amount yep. of testosterone oh, that for sure but he said that the, the game changer of when he actually was on the right amount is is crazy and to think that we do have these egos i mean you and me have twins right you you think hey yeah. i mean i gave i had twins i must be the man right in africa where i'm from in south africa the black guys always chewed me like hey you got twins man like nice one you know but it's true so what were the what were the signs i mean I, let's go down this this uh, rabbit hole a little bit because i think it's very important i think like you said there's probably more of us due to the bad diets that are out there, the hormones in our food, the mm -hmm. stress that we put yeah. ourselves under um, these days as humans is just 
is crazy, I think, and, and not positive. What, are, what, um, what were like the signs that made you realize like, well, this is something that I have to, that I must get checked out. Yeah. And, you know, I just, before we continue going, I just want to make it very clear to everybody. Like, I'm obviously, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nurse. I'm not a physician. Like, I'm, anything that I'm saying that we're talking about is, <laughs> is not, you know, medical advice. This is just what I went through. Um, you know, <clears throat> just really tired and fatigued throughout the day like I would just feel exhausted like I needed to take a nap and it's like man you know just just midday slumps like crash from those energy drinks um it was really irritable and that's what people that's what's funny is people are like oh when you get on testosterone you're going to be irritable no mm -hmm. when my levels are low I would be yeah. irritable I wouldn't feel good um the other thing also is I had a hard time focusing on stuff, right? And so just, you know, your focus isn't where it should be. Um, uh, you know, sex drive is affected as well at times. Um, let's see, uh, my follow through, like following through on stuff just because I would just be distracted. I had a hard time focusing. Um, but the big things for me was just like tired, fatigued, and um, just at, like, body fat more body fat than i was really like used to um just because you know your body's just operating differently uh it messes with your estrogen levels and all these things i mean it's it's it, like your buddy said it, it's true like when you get that stuff figured out and, yeah. and tweaked out yeah. it's 180 degrees different yeah, I think I think one of these things of us being guys and dads and men is we do get this ego thing. And I think what's awesome about like the long phone podcast or just getting to know guys like you is that the more guys I have on the podcast, the more people get to see how everybody's just the guy. You know what I mean? We all have our tri our trials. You think like our oh, JP Denell SEAL team. I think I don't know what is it was Bruiser Tasking a Bruiser like sniper. So I, yeah, so I was at SEAL Team Three. I was in Tasking a Bruiser. Uh, worked for Jocko. Jocko is our Tasking a Commander. Uh, I was one of our lead snipers and point men. So if people are familiar with Chris Kyle, yeah. he wrote the book American Sniper, and I, um, you know, I was Chris's counterpart. I was the lead sniper and point man in Delta yeah. Platoon, and Chris was the lead sniper and point man in Charlie Platoon. So we worked together on a, a lot of a lot of stuff together. Yeah. And that's why a lot of guys would go, this guy wouldn't have low testosterone. There's no ways, man. There's an yeah. Yeah. He's Chris Kyle. He's, he's in Afghanistan or wherever you guys were at. It's like crazy. But that's the cool thing, right? Is that it can happen. To, I mean, some of the symptoms you're saying now uh, makes me feel that I definitely need to go and get that checked out. You know, I, I'm quite thin and tall, so that's not one of them. But I definitely have felt like tired in the last while. And I don't think that you can actually, you can't rule it out, right? It can be anybody. It can be anybody. And it's the same thing. Like, I don't know how old you are, but I have buddies, you know, I'm 37. And I talked about this on a podcast like three years ago and he was my age and he didn't have the same background as myself. He just had his regular life. Uh, but a lot of stress, a lot of stress in the corporate world that he was in and everything. And so he was like, man, he's like, I don't know. He's like, I was listening to your podcast. I think I'm going to go get it checked out. I'm like, good, you should. Like, you should know, like, what's going on. If anything, you know, there might be some hormone issues. There's some vitamins that you can be getting on. Like, you know, you, you might have some major deficiencies with your body. You know, that's the cool thing is, like, if you go to a good doctor and they do a whole slew of tests, uh, they're going to tell you, like, hey, your magnesium levels are low, your zinc levels, your calcium, your vitamin C, your vitamin D, you know, and so you got to make sure that you're – getting all these good vitamins and nutrients in and because we lack a lot of that in the diets that we that we have these days and so he went and got them tested and his levels were super low he's like i never would have ever thought that that would have been something for me to have to deal with and it was just it was just one of those things you know the other thing also that you have to we have to think about tom is a lot of people also are doing things you know that they're not that's just not providing them fulfillment it's not their mission you know, they don't yeah. feel like they're contributing they don't you know they're just in the the daily routine the nine to five job you know they're they're doing their job because it's a form of income to provide for their family but they don't have a sense of fulfillment they don't they don't they're not 
being driven by the why. And I know that for myself personally, when I got out of the military, when I was lacking that vision of, hey, what is my new why? What's my new mission? That affected me. And when I realized that I wasn't in the SEAL teams anymore, and I didn't feel like my mission was important, I didn't feel like I was having an impact, I didn't have that sense of fulfillment, I was lacking the camaraderie and the brotherhood. Like that, that's another thing that will mess with you mentally. You have to have a mission. You have to have a mission that drives you, that pushes you, that, that gives you a sense of fulfillment, that you're serving others, you're making a difference. It's challenging. Like when you get through your day, you should have a sense of accomplishment. You should feel a sense of fulfillment. And that's what's going to help compound you onto that next day and that next day and the next day. And they all build upon each other. And then as you get these small victories along the way, that really starts to make a difference. Mm -hmm. And a lot of men are lacking that. And I'm not saying you have to go be a Navy SEAL or a firefighter or a police officer, but what you do should have a sense of fulfillment. It should be challenging. You should be making a difference. You should be helping other people. You should be serving people. You should have the ability to give back to your community and give back to others. I mean, that's important. That's, that's very important. And not a lot of people are, are doing that. Yeah, I think a lot of people get fooled into the comfort of life. You know, we kind of get fooled into <clears throat> a comfortable life is the best life, you know, like just taking it easy, everything comes easy. And, and that's it. And I, and I know from, especially you guys, it's, it's very obvious that the fulfillment that you guys have or guys like yourself or myself, when I've got into doing this podcast or as a teacher and a father of four, that when I've, I've had a hard day, where I've really put everything into it and I sit down at nine o'clock at night. I might not feel that, you know what I mean? I feel a little bit tired and stuff, but there's nothing that beats that where I've put every ounce of my energy into my kids, into my job. And you know, the days when I've taken it easy and taken the easy route out, you know, there's always those little decisions every moment. Like as a teacher, I sit at my desk, I could quickly, I could quickly surf Facebook. When I actually choose the other way and go, oh, no, yeah. not Facebook, I'm planning that lesson a little bit better. I'm going to go and get those books that the kids need. I'm going to speak to that kid. I'm going to put that effort into maybe at break time, reading a book and, and doing my podcast instead of being on my cell phone. It's, mm-hmm. It definitely is. And I think that's the thing that I think you're totally right that a lot of men these days, this lack of real why and this, and this getting fooled into comfort, right? It's like the world is basically asking you to take the easy way out. Amazon Prime, oh, you are. know? Cell phones, everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and we're conditioned, right? We're conditioned to doing that. And it's just, like you said, it's the easy way. And that's, that's what we do. Yeah. And then you talked about the brotherhood thing, which I think is amazing. I wanted to, because obviously when you're in the SEAL teams, I mean, we can talk about that first. I mean, speaking to Brian Grogan, who's another Navy SEAL, and obviously speaking to Jason, just the camaraderie and the brotherhood that you guys have there and the intensity of the situations that you go into is another sign of that when you're actually facing adversity, those bonds are something you can never replicate. Like my son has almost died before in hospital and him and I just have this special bond from those hard times. How, how, how was that in the SEAL teams and how much, how much did that kind of feed into you as a person? Because obviously we can go backtrack just now into when you started in, in the Navy SEALs, but how much did that being with them feed into who you became? Well, I mean, I think it was, it, it, it was a very strong portion of, of who I became because that's, I was molded as a young boy into a man when I was in the SEAL teams. I went into the SEAL teams right after high school. I was 18 years old when I was in boot camp. I was in boot camp. I went into boot camp for the Navy September 5th, 2001. Six days later, I'm in boot camp. 9-11 happens. Oh, wow. Now, I had a contract to become a Navy SEAL, um, meaning that I would have the opportunity to go to, to go to BUDS, which stands for Basic Underwater Demolition SEAL School. It's the it's the selection program to become a Navy SEAL, right? And so I had that on the horizon uh, and, I, and I knew that that's what I was going to do. Everything was solidified in my mind and I just, I knew that's what I was meant to do. And then 9-11 happens and in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, there's no way I'm not gonna make it through this training. Our nation's been attacked. These cowards, you know, have done these horrible things like we're going to get after it. Mm-hmm. And, and so that was just in my mindset as I was going through training. And then 
I, you know, I turned 19 years old, I'm in buds, and I'm going through the selection program to become a Navy SEAL. And, you know, I, I get done with, with that training. I turn, you go through buds, job school, turn 20, I'm in SQT. I check into the SEAL teams and I'm 20 years old as a Navy SEAL. And, I, you know, I'm going through our workup, getting ready to deploy, turn 21, go on my first deployment, doing personal security detail for the vice president of Iraq during the 2004, 2005 election timeframe. We're doing some snatch and grabs of some high value targets. We're doing a lot of stuff and I'm 21 years old, right? And then, you know, during that deployment, I turned 22. I turned 22 while we're over in Iraq doing the, this personal security detail. I come back. That's when I meet Jocko. Jocko comes in to be our task unit commander. We do our workup. I'm only 22 years old. And then I'm, you know, finding out that I'm going to be one of our lead snipers. I'm a machine gunner. I'm a point man. And so I go through all that workup and training to prepare to go overseas. I turn 23. And then the next month we deploy to Ramadi. And uh, we deploy to Ramadi and we're in gunfights almost every single day. We're in the absolute worst and most dangerous area of the world. When we headed over to Ramadi, there is an estimated force of four to 5,000 enemy fighters in that area. And just the, the amount of chaos that these enemy insurgent fighters were creating was, was absolutely horrible. And that deployment was, was intense. Um, I was overwhelmed. I was stressed out. I felt like I had too much on my plate. I felt like I was going to fail because I was put in the position of leadership when we deployed over there. Also, I was one of our leading petty officers. And so I just had all this stress on my plate at a young age. And I just, I just, you just learned that you have to step up and lead. And, you know, and what I learned in the battle of Ramadi and what proved to be true throughout my whole time in the military, which wasn't long, it was only 12 years was leadership makes the difference in every unit and every organization. Leadership is what matters. And it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how long you've been with the company. It doesn't matter what your title is. Good leaders make a difference and bad leaders make a difference as well. Mm. Now the difference you make yeah. depends on the type of leader you are as an individual. And that's a decision that you have to make. And I, I learned very quickly that I needed to step up and be a better leader, no matter where I was at within that rank structure. Even mm -hmm. if I was the youngest and most junior ranking guy, I needed to step up and lead. Mm -hmm. And if I did that, I could help my team. And when I did that and I helped my team, I was a better member. Uh, our team was going to win. And that was something that I knew I could help to make a small difference. Mm -hmm. And when I got out of the military, you know, in, in the civilian life, it was like, oh, you know, things are not the same. And I just had to learn, you know, different, different forms of communication, what worked, what didn't work on the outside, you know, getting to know my crowd, my, the, my environment. And, but at the end of the day, those leadership principles of teamwork, simplifying communication, being able to prioritize and execute tasks at hand and being able to build a team and empowering them to lead, those apply in every unit and organization. And those are the four laws of combat that Jocelyn and Leif write about in their book, Extreme mm. Ownership. You know, cover and move, simple, prioritize and execute, and decentralized command. Those four laws of combat, no matter what problem you have in your life or whatever you're working through and dealing with, those laws of combat can help you get through that. Mm. And if you think about that, not just in a professional standpoint, but a personal standpoint, it can really help you find balance in your life. You know, my wife and I, we struggled and we actually were divorced for over a year yeah. because we just had such a bad toxic environment between the two of us. And when I read Extreme Ownership, it was liberating because I realized that, yes, all these things that had fallen apart in my life was 100% my fault. And that means that I could 100% fix them. And I believed that. I, be I truly believed in the principles and the mindset of extreme ownership. And when I believed in that and I understood that, guess what? It meant that I could fix things. Mm -hmm. And if you break down those laws of combat, the first one, cover and move, that's the base of everything. Cover and move mm -hmm. is about teamwork. And if you look at it you know, from you know, with your family, with your wife, 
you, know, you have to be able to work together. There has to be teamwork because if you're not working together, you're working away from each other. And if you don't understand the common mission and how you're going to align to get that done, things fall apart. So the base of, uh, of every relationship and every organization that's going to find success is cover and move. And then mm -hmm. as you build relationships, you get trust. You know, people trust you, you build trust, you have influence. So these are all things that you can really build upon with Cover and Move to help any unit, any organization find success. Mm. And then <clears throat> the second law of combat is simple. And when we're talking about simple, this is in regards to your communication. I mean, how many times have you and your significant other ever been in an argument because of yeah. miscommunication? Never. Oh yeah, never. Yeah, me too, Dude. right? <laughs> <laughs> He's speaking to the right guy when you say that. Yeah, completely. I mean, it's it's normally miscommunication. It's not even. It's very often not even the issue. It's actually just the way you're yes, communicating about it. It's the perception of what's going on, and it's like, oh, that's actually not what's going on. Got it. Okay, cool. I'm an idiot. <laughs> you know, our communication has to be simple, clear, and concise. Mm. Think about how oh, we talk with nice. our spouses mm. and how we talk with our kids. We have to, it's two different forms of communication. And a lot of times our kids are trying to understand why we're asking them to do something. And the reason why they're doing that is because we fail as parents to clearly communicate with them. It's the same thing in business. When you're talking with your team, you have to make sure your team understands exactly what you're asking them to do. And if they don't understand what they need to do, mm. they're not going to be able to fully execute at the highest level and, and accomplish that goal. Uh, our third law of combat is prioritize and execute. Things are going to fall apart in life. You're going to have problems. You're going to have a lot of different tasks at hand that you have to work through. And what you need to be able to do is look at that list, assess the list, prioritize what can I do right now, what needs to be done right now, and what can I delegate. You, know, you have to fix the problem. That's the problem. That's the thing that people don't do is they just get fixated on all the tasks at hand and they fail to take action. So you have to be able to analyze what's going on. And the reason, the way that you're able to is you just relax, take a deep breath, look around and make a call because you have to be able to recognize what's in front of you. You have to analyze it and then you act, you know, Dave Burke, one of our other instructors, he does this phenomenal talk on the OODA loop. Oh yeah. And the, yeah. The OODA loop that Dave Burke does, it's, ridiculous it's so good uh, you, you can just google oodle loop dave burke o-o-d-a and then dave burke and it comes up it's a video that echelon front did okay cool it's awesome and he breaks it down how's the decision making process that you know we all need to be able to work through um and you know and that's that's what prioritize and execute is is just a decision making pro uh, process you gotta you have to assess what's in front of you and and get to work and the last one is decentralized command. And decentralized command is the ability to empower your team to step up and make decisions and lead. And that's what a lot of families and dads fail to do is that they, they want to be in charge of everything because they're the head of the household. And I don't know how traditional you are, if you're raised that way, if you believe that. I do. That's the way I was raised. It's the way we live our, our, our family, like the head of the household. But that doesn't mean I dictate everything. It doesn't mean that I micromanage what my family does. What it means is that my wife and I are on the same page with what needs to get done. And there are certain tasks that my wife, she does. There are certain tasks that I do. And there are certain tasks that we outsource to other people to get done because of our priorities and mm. what we need to do. And then as our family is growing, we empower our kids to make decisions, to understand how their actions have consequences and to understand how they're an important part of this family and how they have to contribute to the success of our family. Our kids have chores. Our yeah, kids yeah. have tasks that they have to do. Um, you know, and we've been doing that ever since the early age and they'll always have stuff. And as they get older, as they get a little more mature and wise and have the ability to do more, guess what? We put more on their plate and we allow them to fail. And we allow them to make mistakes so that they can learn from those failures. They can learn from those mistakes. And then we talk through it and we explain to them why they need to be doing what they're doing. The why yeah. drives everything. Mm. You can't just tell somebody what to do. You have to give them the why. Yeah. Like if we're doing a sniper overwatch and I'm like, hey, Tom, when we clear through the building, I need you to set up an overwatch on the rooftop. And you're like, okay, cool. 
done. You've done plenty of them. And so we get on the target, you go up there and on the rooftop, it's nice and flat, but there's normally big thick walls on the rooftops of the houses in Iraq. And let's say we go up to this rooftop and there's no, there's no wall. Okay. What are you going to do? I asked you to set up an overwatch. Well, you're probably going to set up an overwatch up there. You're going to get in position you're going to be laying down, but your team is going to be kind of irritated with you because they're exposed to all these other rooftops, these windows and all these other threats. There's no cover. There's no concealment for them. And they start to kind of push back and they're getting frustrated with you. And they're like, Tom, why are we up here right now? And your answer is, well, JP told us to. And that's what a lot of people do in the business world, right? Like if your team pushes back and says, hey, why are we doing this? And you're like, the, the leadership yeah. told us to. The bosses told us to. Hey, man, I'm just the messenger. You know, we've all heard that, right? We've all probably yeah. done that as well. And so the team starts to get irritated. And finally, you get on the radio and you're like, hey, JP, what do you want me to do up here? There's no cover. There's no concealment. And now I'm trying to solve your problem from a different location while I'm dealing with a lot of other people. And so we go back and forth on the radio and it just, it gets crazy. Now, if I would have just empowered you with the why, you probably could have made a decision on your own mm, as to yeah. how you're going to accomplish that, that job. And so if we go back to mission planning and I say, Hey Tom, I need you to set up an overwatch on the rooftop because on the North side of the building, there's going to be troops patrolling down the street that you need to have visibility between sector A and sector B. You need to be able to see the, all their movement to protect them. And there's a road that comes from the north where all the enemy fighters have been coming down recently. You need to have visibility on, the on that road. Hey, come over here. I'm going to show you on the map what you need to see and then i want you to brief that back to me so that i have a clear understanding as to what you're doing how you're going to be doing it so that i can support you this takes an extra what couple minutes total mm. but by the end of the conversation you have a clear understanding of what you need to be doing how you're going to be doing it and why because what we all know is things happen and change the situation changes. You might plan for something, and as soon as cool. you start to execute, the environment <laughs> changes. Yeah, yeah. We've all seen this in business. In, the, in combat, it happened all the time. So I give you all that, and you brief it back to me. We have a clear understanding. We go on target. I call target secure. You head up to the rooftop. There's no wall. There's no cover. There's no concealment. What are you going to do? And you look around, and you're like, you know what? Hey, guys, let's go back downstairs. Or better yet, as soon as you go up there, a junior team member on your team recognizes, hey, we shouldn't be up here. Hey, let's go downstairs and let's find a room that has a north-facing window. Uh -huh. So you guys go downstairs, you find a room that has a north-facing window, you can see sector A, sector B, you can see all the troop movement, you can see the road that comes from the north. You can do exactly what I needed you to do from a different location, correct? Yeah. So we're good to go. The only thing I need to know is that you changed locations. Okay. So you get on the radio and you say, hey, JP, we're no longer on the rooftop because there is no covering. There's no concealment. We are in the third floor in room ABC. We have clear visibility of sector A to sector B, troops movements, and that road to the north. Everything is locked down. Snipers and machine gunners are in place. I say, thank you, Tom. Get some. And it was just, you know, you made a change but you're accomplishing the goal. Mm. And as long as you are accomplishing what I needed you to accomplish to achieve mission success, I truly don't care how you did it. And a good leader isn't going to care. Mm. Bad leaders that micromanage, they're gonna care. But those leaders aren't effective. They don't build teams that achieve success. Mm. They won't long-term. You know, and if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I'm a micromanaging individual. You can change, change, change that, right? Trust, give a little bit of trust. Mm. Empower your team to make decisions. And the reason why people tend to micromanage is because their ego. They want to be in charge of everything. They want to control it. Yeah. But okay, that's fine. We all have egos and we all need to feed our egos. Feed your ego the opposite way. Feed your ego in the manner that, hey, you know what? You've done a great job building your team. You are an amazing leader that empowered your team to step up and make decisions.
if you have to feed your ego, feed it that way. Yeah. By serving you know, and so, yeah, by serving others, by empowering them to, to lead, you know, by building up a team. Mm -hmm. So those are the four laws of combat. If you really listen to that and think about it, they, those, the principles of those four laws of combat can apply in mm -hmm. any aspect of your life. Mm -hmm. Any problem that you have is going to fall within those, right? And then we have our mindsets for victory, um, you know, being default aggressive, attacking problems, right? not being default aggressive towards a person, but being default aggressive with um, improving your communication by building relationships, doing all these things, you know, solving problems, getting your job done. Like you said, looking at that list of stuff and you have a long, busy day and you're like, you get done with that. And you're like, man, that feels really good to get all that stuff done. And these are all important things that we need to be able to do. Uh, innovate and adapt. You have to be able to change as things are changing and adapting. Your environment's changing. You need to change with your environment. Mm -hmm. Technology's evolving. You know, things are changing. You do that by educating yourself. And that requires you checking your ego, right? Uh, then we have humility, you know, the ability to check your ego. Leaders that lack humility, they, they don't listen to their team. They don't, they're not innovative. They, they get stuck in their own routines they're just not effective leaders and you have to be aware of the disease of victory. When things are going well, you need to check yourself. You need to remain humble and understand that things can change. They can get worse. It can shift. But when things are bad, you also have to keep your head up and, and stay on the path and know that you can push through whatever's kind of coming your way. You know, and then we have extreme ownership, you know, extreme ownership is it's a mindset. It's a, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's an understanding that, all these things that happen in life, you can actually fix if you truly understand that. And, you know, that just requires us being disciplined. And, you know, that's why discipline equals freedom. It's a, it's, it's a mindset that is true because if you believe in taking ownership, if you, if you believe in being disciplined, you're going to achieve freedom in your life. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so if you, yeah, if you think about all those things, those mindsets, those laws of combat, that covers everything that we go through in life. Yeah. Really I just like that you took me on that journey to being a sniper in Iraq. That was pretty cool. It's kind of funny there that there's go. something inside us. It doesn't matter where we're from. It's like, oh yeah, man, I can, I'm picturing myself going up the stairs, holding a sniper rifle, even though I've never freaking, actually, no, that's a lie. I actually used to um, go on my grandmother's farm when I grew up in South Africa. The gun laws here in Germany are super strict, but back in South Africa, when I grew up, I used to go to my grandmother's house. And she used to give me and my cousin a 0.22 sniper rifle when I was 10 and just let us go shoot it. But apart from that, I haven't really had that much experience, but it's always cool to just imagine yourself. I don't know what it is about us, but uh, I think that we enjoy putting ourselves. I suppose that's why we like to, it's why we look yeah. up to guys like you. I mean, I love to watch the movies about seals. I love to talk to you guys. I think it's exciting, but it's so cool that you guys haven't kept that like wisdom for yourself. And now you guys have come back and, and come back from, I mean, hectic things as far as I've heard from Brian and, and as far as we've witnessed that you guys yeah. have been in situations that are kind of beyond our comprehension, you know, like clearing a house, like just the stress and the, the pressure on you guys. And like you said, the unpredictability and what I agree with completely, it's kind of like the stoic philosophy, right? It's this thing of you can't control your environment. And if we are trying to control our environment the whole time and trying to make that fit in with our our wants and needs and, and, and likes and these things is never going to work. Whereas actually yes. if you, if you start working on yourself and this is the thing about discipline equals freedom, it's, and I think it's obviously been said many times with you guys on podcasts and stuff. But for me, I just realized the more that I actually have discipline over what I think is my freedom yes. over my emotions, over what I thought is like the freedom we're seeing on the streets these days um, coming, you know, everywhere on, on Facebook, on Instagram, where people think that emoting and, and losing their shit and getting angry is freedom. I'm finding that that was the thing that was keeping me in a cage from actually enjoying the life that I am and being the dad that I can be. Because yes. once I started to realize that actually controlling that anger, not, not suppressing anger and things in my childhood, like you say, like your testosterone, you had to basically, you had to face up to that thing that you had to correct. I had to face up to my childhood, the, the insecurities I've had as a dad. And I think that the moment I've started to take like, and Jocko's, Jocko's book, I have a, there. I had it on my dashboard just so I could see it because just that reminding myself like it's so easy to blame someone else and we do it all the time and it's so much better when you just go no matter what the screw up is when you say it's your fault and you take ownership then you can change it if it's someone else's fault what can you do 
you can't do anything. You know, you, when it is somebody else, when, if, if you say it's somebody else's fault, you can't do anything. And that's just an easy out because, you know, fixing problems are, are difficult. Fixing problems requires work. It requires yeah. being committed. It requires humility. It requires dedication. And a lot of people lack that. And if you start with something small, challenge yourself to be disciplined on it, it compounds. It's going to grow. You know, it's, it's like building, you know, it's like working a muscle. You have to be disciplined and work through things to achieve discipline. Yeah. It's just one of those things. How are those hemicles doing? I saw those hemicles with a hundred LBs yesterday. I was like, my God, man, my arms are going to break if I try to pick one of those things up. Dude. It was good. My, my arms are a little sore, but uh, it was good. good it was pain. a good workout. Yeah. yeah, it was good. Good couple of workouts yesterday. I, I like to, you know, if I have the time on Sundays to hit it hard, which was mm. good. So, you you've got twins, right? Twin girls. I do. I have twin girls that are eight, and then we have a fourteen-year-old boy. Okay, so three kids, man. There was this one Instagram thing you did a little while ago where I thought you had a new kid. Do you remember that? Like, you, I think I don't know what you were saying. That you posted something from the past, and I thought, oh, he's having a new kid now as well. But uh, mm. do you remember that? I don't remember that. I. I don't remember the post. I remember a lot of people saying something yeah, like, yeah. oh, wait, hold on. Yeah. Let's, be, let's be clear on this. Okay, but you got the three. So you've got, because my kids, my twins are yep. nine years old now. So they're just a little oh, bit older cool. than you. And, uh, yeah. and we know that having twins requires, um, requires a little bit of patience, right? I mean, how was, how was that in comparison? I mean, I know you can't really compare Iraq and twins, but I'm pretty sure that the stress that comes from twins could maybe be comparable because it was pretty insane for me. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a different type of stress, you know. Obviously, mm. you know Iraq and Afghanistan, you're dealing with human life, yeah. uh, which is a little bit different. I'll take I'll take combat any day. I like <laughs> it. I really like it. Oh, really? Um, okay. Yeah, I, I always enjoyed it. Uh, wow. Yeah, raising raising kids, raising twins is, you know, we're, we're lucky. The kids are really good kids, but there's some days where we're both just like okay like i don't know what we did wrong <laughs> i don't know what what's going on uh but you know i i feel like the more fun amanda and i have with the kids the more we focus on our communication with them mm. the better things are between us and you know you know, our kids understand what they're accountable for they understand all these things. And so, you know, it, it, it takes time. It takes hard work, but you, know, you have to understand your, your kids are a blessing, not a burden. No, yeah, and you have to be thankful for the fact that you have healthy kids because yeah. there's, there are people that have kids that, you know, they're just struggling. You know, they're, you know, their kids have, you know, cancer, different diseases or different health issues. And, you know, the things that we complain about, they would love to have those problems. You know, I have a, a good buddy, a very close friend of mine, his kid is severely autistic, to the point where he's nonverbal. And it's just one of those things where, you know, I guarantee you, he'd love just to be able to have a conversation with his son. And he can't, you know, his son's really aggressive and it's it's a struggle there are just some days that it's just really hard for him and his wife and so amanda and i we we try to remind ourselves that we try to keep that in the back of our minds and just be thankful for what we have and the other thing is you have to look at you know having kids that that's a very important responsibility that we as humans have is to raise good humans to raise good people that know the difference between right and wrong that understand what discipline means yeah. uh that understands what um you know good decisions and bad decisions will do and that there are consequences for everything that we do in life there are consequences for everything that we do mm -hmm. and that we have to teach our kids how to show compassion to have love to have empathy to 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 have a hard work ethic, to have a sense of fulfillment when they work hard for something and they accomplish that goal and they have that reward, right? To not give our kids everything. Now, yes, of course, you know, you know, we want to give our kids everything. We want to provide for them. We don't want them to go 
But at the end of the day, we also need our kids to work for things. We need our Amen. kids to understand that life is not free and that freedom is not free. No. And that our, the freedoms that we have have been fought for, that have been paid for with the ultimate price. And that we have to respect society as a whole. That we have to respect the f- fellow man and woman out there. And that if, if we lose respect for people, everything's going to fall apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think it's it's very evident in the, at the moment in, in, in society just how many entitled children there are that have grown up to think that basically everything comes on a silver platter and that before you even take care of anything or are disciplined, you can just say what you want. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I can't make my bed, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go change the world now. And um, I think that, I think that like raising, no, but it's so true. I mean, like raising good humans that can go out there and can actually make a difference because what I'm honestly, what I'm seeing, and this is something I will say. I'm not criticizing anybody for any beliefs or anything. I'm very open-minded. I'm very like on the side, but I'm on the side of actually making a difference. You've got to make mm-hmm. a difference. You've got to take action. You've got to be, there's got to be fruit like on a tree, like my apple tree. Here. When the fruit's crap, why would I keep this tree around? It's got to be, you know, it needs to produce yes. something that's positive, something that is, that is good. And it's the same thing with my kids. I'm glad that you said consequences because on the one hand, it's exactly what you say, the why, right? So for me as a teacher, it's a huge thing for me. It's almost like if you say the why, you can get away with anything. As it, maybe this is a bad thing to say online. But as a teacher, when I've shown the kids the why and I showed them my motivation, you can tell them anything and they will do it and they'll understand it. And then there's the other thing, which is consequences for my kids. I think what we've taken away from children a lot of the times with all these trophies and saying everybody's great for, for the, something that isn't great is that you take away this, this, this uh, realization that there are significant consequences for decisions you make in your life that are not based on empathy, care, love, um, discipline. And we're seeing it now in the news of just the decisions that young people are making and just the, I mean, the dire consequences this actually has for people. And that when we don't raise our kids with this consequence, and I don't know if we can, we can start wrapping up with this. It's just that I think people threw the baby out with the bathwater. I grew up in a very strict um, upbringing as a child and at my school, I was at a school where I was hit with sticks. And I'm actually kind of proud of it. I have to say, I always said that my teachers whacked me at school. Um, maybe my parents went overboard sometime. Let's just be honest. But, but the fact is that the difference was, and I don't think that you had to stop being hard, not hard on kids. I think you have to be tough on kids. You have to have strict boundaries. And I think you have to be very firm with what you expect from kids. But people throw that out because our teachers never gave us the why. And I think that's the kind of marriage. If you can marriage, the why and the discipline and put it yep. together, then the old ways that people did it in the old days are not the worst things because they did produce people that actually are resilient and tough and actually did great things. But if you just marry that with a why a little bit and try and try like, like get kids to understand why you do that, but then get them to understand at the same time, that doesn't mean now that I'm going to go easy on you. That means that I'm going to go hard on you. And I tell kids in my class, they look at me, say you, if you can take me being on your case, I say, because if I'm on your case, I care for you. If I'm sitting on my yes. desk with my feet on the table going, I don't care, then I don't care for you. But if you can take that, you're going to be stronger. You're going to get walk out of my classroom yep. able to take on the world. And if you understand that, it makes all the difference, right? It makes a big difference. It makes a big difference. And, uh, and what you just said is, is so, um, so important is when you show people that you care. You know, Jocko was very strict with us. He was very hard on us. He had really high standards for everything that we did. Yeah. But he explained to us why. He explained to us what was going on. He told us the truth. And that's what's important is to tell your people the truth and to show them that you care. And then when you take ownership of things yourself, your team is going to see you taking ownership. And then they, they will in turn take ownership. And you also have to remember sometimes your team needs to just know that they can step up and lead and make decisions to take ownership. And that's what was critical that Jocko did with me. Mm-hmm. That I think a lot of parents and a lot of teachers fail to do is they don't empower their kids exactly. to step up and take ownership. They don't tell them you need to step up and lead. You need to take ownership for your decisions. There's consequences, good and bad right and but when you tell somebody as long as you can explain to me why you did something with the intent of success we can work through Ooh, that. i like that man that's we cool. can work through right because jocko told me he's like hey you're gonna make some mistakes like yeah 
when you step up and lead, you're going to make some mistakes. You're, there's, you're going to make the same mistakes we all have. You're going to fail, but that's okay. As long as you can explain to us why you're making these decisions with the intent for success, well, yeah. we're going to be okay with that. Yeah. And that was just something that always stuck with me that I've always kind of told people as well is like, Hey, you know, if you can explain to me why you made that decision with the intent for success, we can work through that. And that's what we've told our kids. That's what we explain to them. And, um, you know, hopefully they're understanding it. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's interesting to see how applicable it is to just raising a family or being a teacher or dealing with kids in general. It's like, and I love that. Like I'm going to use that tomorrow in class, by the way, honestly, um, I told them that I'll come here to speak to you. It's always cool to tell my class I'm speaking to Navy Zeal. Very and they cool. read they obviously read the Warrior Kid books in my class, so they all know oh, Jocko's that's good. name and stuff. I love it. That's uh, good. A little bit of name dropping with the kids to be the cool teacher, you know. No, just kidding. Hey, got it. <laughs> but um, what grade look, are you teaching? I teach the fifth grade. Oh, that's that's so cool. a really cool age. And I've got a wonderful class, and it's that intent of success is such a cool thing to say to them to go, if that if you can motivate me and you can tell me why. Then, then it's fine. And I think as parents and as teachers, we don't set high enough standards and we micromanage. Instead of going, yes. here's the standard, I want you to get this because that's success. Because I said to them at the beginning, I said, here's on the board, what does success look like in grade five? And then we decided what it is. Now I can step, I can create the whole ladder for them and show them exactly every step to take, which a lot of teachers unfortunately do. And a lot of parents do and then get frustrated because the kids don't, obviously kids aren't going to take every single step that you want them to take. But I think when we give them that, that smell of success or that, that goal of, of, of what they can achieve and then allow them to fall a little bit and bring them up mm -hmm. again and, and give, them that, give them that freedom like you're talking about. And I think that that's the balance is to set high standards, have boundaries. Um, as you talked about, you know, the four laws of combat and these kind of things is to put those things into place, yeah. but not tell kids every single step of the way. So be able to take our hands off and go, I'm willing to let you lead. I'm willing to let my nine-year-old boy make decisions. I mean, it's just so funny. I give him Jocko's book and everybody listening, you've got to give your son and your daughter's uh, the Warrior Kid books because my son basically took that book and started waking up early in the morning and running around laps. And he ran 11Ks the one day after school. It was totally insane. And, and I told you, he was in hospital, dude. He, he almost died when he was three years old and he had to go to hospital every three, four months to get a stent changed from his uh, thing. And it's Jeez. been effective. He's had a whole lot of, he's got a scar that goes all the way down from his sternum to his belly. But the dude annihilated every single kid in the school at like an online physical PE thing by coming home and just being a beast because of Jocko's book and because of just that mindset and me allowing him to be a little bit nuts, go a little bit crazy. And uh, I mean, that's just a cool story. But um, Where you I, think do it? I think it's awesome. Thanks, JP. And I really appreciate you coming on and making the time and that we actually managed to get a time. I know with I know. twins I and work your... and those things, it's tough, man. I appreciate your uh, flexibility with this. I, I really do. Uh, sorry we had to kind of push it back to today, but I'm glad we were able to get it done. And I look forward to being back on in the future if you'd like to have me on. Um, you know, I, I think it's cool what you're doing and I appreciate it. So, you know, if, if anybody's out there that kind of wants to follow along and see what we're doing at Echelon Front yeah, yeah. Uh, on Instagram. Um, so website is echelonfront.com. So that's E C H E. L O N F R O N T dot com. Uh, and then it's at Echelon Front on Instagram. I'm at JP Denell. So that's J P D I N N E L L. Um, you know, we're pretty big on social media. Uh, we also have a platform called EF Online. So that's our online training program that we have so it's all of our training everything that we do it's all online you have access to all of our training videos you can watch the videos you can take tests you can progress along with it and then it also oh, wow. gives you access to a live training every monday wednesday and friday that jocko and Leif do via zoom wow. and it's oh yeah and it, here's what's crazy it's 24 dollars to sign up and then 12.99 a month that's it. That gives you access to everything. And so every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, there's a live one hour Zoom training with Jocko and Leif and then other members of the team. Um, yeah, it's just, it's awesome. Mm. So that's where we're doing a lot of our stuff. So if someone wants to interact with Jocko and Leif, mm. real time, ask questions, work through problems, mm. check out efonline.com. Um, and that's what we're where we're at but mm. hey i appreciate everybody that's listening that's tuned in 
Uh, hopefully you're subscribed to this podcast and that you share the podcast with some of your friends. Help, let's help Tom grow this podcast. He, he's doing a great thing. And uh, hey, Tom, thank you again for having me on, my friend. And thanks to you guys for listening. Hope you got a lot out of that show that you guys can put into action in your lives as men, fathers, and husbands. Uh, appreciate you guys being on this journey with us and hope you guys remember that it is a journey. Sometimes it's a slog. Sometimes it's harder than other times, but it's definitely something to just keep on working at. We'll never be perfect, but we can be the best that we can be and develop those strong minds, strong bodies, and strong characters to love our family actively, lead effectively, and leave that legacy. So until next time, stay dad strong. Yeah.